1: in spiritual confidence is a worthy goal, but it doesn't happen on its own. Like any discipline, it requires consistency. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah turns to First John for insights into consistency, where to show it, why to grow it, and how to benefit from it. If it's an issue you struggle with, stay tuned. And listen as David introduces today's helpful message, Stay Consistent.
0: Well, friends, thank you for joining us today and for the courage um, to join us when you know we're going to talk about something that we all struggle with. I used to say uh, how important it was to announce your message uh, during the week before you preach. There are times when I think that's not an asset, because if you're going to preach on something that's really challenging to the people who will be there, you might best not tell them what's going to happen and just let them show up. Well, we don't do that usually because we have a bunch of courageous Bible students and listeners, and you all are just uh, some of those who tune in every day. You know, we, we like consistency in people like our surgeon, airplane pilots. Oh, we want a consistent pilot. We like consistency in things like our car brakes and hot water heaters. Uh, we love all of that, but we also know that sometimes our personal consistency is in jeopardy. The marks of our consistency, believing and obeying God's truth, are are somewhat elusive. And uh, there's someone in the Bible who will help us overcome that. His name is Jesus, the consistent one. Today, we're going to talk about living in a consistent manner. You know, it's kind of like showing up at the same place every time you show up, always being who you are, not being a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde Christian but being just always in your sweet spot, doing what God's called you to do. If you know people like that, you know what an encouragement they are to you. And uh, you leave their presence with the feeling, I want to be more like them. God wants us to have consistent lives. It's not just for a few. It's for all of us. We're going to talk about it today. And by the way, the chapter on consistency in the book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, It may be the best one in the book. I hope you will get this book so you can memorialize all of this teaching, staying consistent when everything around you is changing. That's the nature of the chapter. And the book is available, by the way, for a gift of any size during the remaining days of April. If you will take time today to sit down, send a gift to Turning Point. Um, You can write us a note, uh, send a gift, and ask for your copy of the book, Living With Confidence. It will be on its way to you before you know it. Well, let's get started. Our key verse is 1 John 2.28. Stay consistent. If you've been with us over the last several weeks, you know that we are... Trying to learn how to live with confidence in a chaotic world and I think we're okay to keep going on this series because the world is chaotic Is it not? And yet as Christians we have been called to live in a different way And today we're going to continue our discussion as we talk about the importance of staying consistent in our walk Now I know when I say the word consistent we all kind of cringe a little bit Consistency is not one of our favorite things. We don't do consistency really well sometimes, isn't that true? And we don't really think it's fair that other people require consistency from us, but let me remind you that we rather like it when other people are consistent, isn't that true? We like it when other things are consistent. For instance, I really feel good when my brakes on my car are consistent. Aren't you glad for that in your automobile? (laughs) I like it very much when I get on an airplane that the pilot up there is consistent, that he flies that plane every day with full assurance and full attention, that he doesn't have an off day when I'm up there with him. I want him to be consistent. And I kind of like the guy up in the tower that's controlling the airplane. I like him to be consistent. I don't want him taking a long coffee break when I'm coming in. I want him to be consistent. If I have to have surgery, I want a surgeon who's consistent, one of the questions you ask if you're going to have a surgical procedure is how many of these things has he done and you try to find the guy who's done the most of them successful so that you can observe the consistency in his operating procedure isn't that true here's one that's kind of strange i like consistent temperature in the water in my shower how about the rest of you you know i like my water and my shower to be consistent Have you ever been in a hotel when somebody in the room next to you turns the water on, or flushes the toilet, and all of a sudden you get scalded right through to the bone? I don't like that. I like consistent temperature in the water. I like my quarterback to be consistent. <laughs> I like him to throw the ball to my guys as much as he can, right? we all into consistency, aren't we? We want things to be consistent. And yet, when the Word of God speaks to us about our lives being consistent, sometimes we think it's unfair, we think God is picking on us. Why should we be required to be consistent? Well, once again, men and women, we're trying to talk about how we can live our lives in such a way that we can have confidence in the midst of chaos, Today, we want to talk about staying consistent in our walk, and our verse of scripture is 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, remember, this series is built around. The fact that there are a number of verses in the New Testament that tell us Jesus is coming back to this earth. And in many of those same verses where we are told he is coming back. We are given some information as to how we are to respond in our own lives. While we're waiting for that event to take place. Here again in 1 John 2 28 we see the combination. Of the truth of his coming and the responsibility that we have because of it notice he is coming it says when he appears and when he comes and then in the same verse it tells us how we're to be living in light of that truth so as we unpack the scripture today let's begin with some marks of consistency and now little children abide in him john refers to his readers as little children he really loves these people. John is the apostle of love, as you know, in the gospel and here in First John. We learn about John as somebody who really loved. In fact, he used to refer to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Do you remember that? And he speaks to these children. He's writing to his spiritual children, and he speaks to them with endearment. And he speaks to them about the importance of abiding, Now, abide is a word that's in the Bible over a 100 times. It's in the book of 1 John 19 times. It's a word that we read in the Bible and oftentimes we don't stop and ask, what does it mean? It's not a common word that we use today. We don't use the word abide in our language with one another. So what does the word mean? The word means to continue, to continue, to stay in a relationship, to remain, To be consistent. To abide in Christ means to be consistent in your relationship with him. To believe the truth and obey the truth and love him and love others. Corrie ten Boom once described in one of her writings the importance of our connectivity with Christ. She said, connected with Christ in his love, I am more than a conqueror, but without him I am nothing like some railway tickets in america she said i am not good if detached (laughs) do you know you sometimes see a ticket and it says not good if detached well that's the way we are with christ if we're detached from him we're not much good are we we need to stay focused and continue in our relationship with christ that's what the word means to abide now let's be honest all of us including your preacher consistency is hard we can do a lot of good things for a short period of time it's very difficult for us to do good things for a long period of time isn't that true i remember a young lady who wrote some books on prayer came to speak one time and when she got up she said that she had not missed a time with god in over four years and i immediately developed a dislike for that woman Did you ever know what i'm talking about She made me uncomfortable because i couldn't say that we talk about consistency but it's one of those elusive things in our lives it's very difficult to develop but someone sent me this week a letter that goes like this dear lord so far today i'm doing all right i have not gossiped lost my temper been greedy grumpy nasty selfish or self-indulgent I have not whined, complained, cursed, or eaten any chocolate. I have charged nothing on my credit card, but Lord, I'll be getting out of bed in a minute and I'm gonna really need your help. (laughs) So we all understand that, don't we? We can get that far with consistency and then sometimes life gets tough. Just review the things you said you were gonna do last January, update your list and realize it's tough to be consistent. And yet here is the word of God reminding us 19 different times in First John about the importance of continuing, of abiding. As we unpack this, I wanna show you by looking at some of the verses where the word abide appears, some of the ways we need to be consistent according to John. First of all, consistently Christ-like. Notice First John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Listen to what John says. He says, the one who says, I am consistent in Christ, needs to understand that one of the ways you know you're consistent in Christ is you do the things Christ does. You walk consistently as Christ walked. By the way, we do have his name. Did you know that? We have the name of Christ. We call ourselves Christ once Christians. Alexander the Great once heard that in his army was a namesake. Another man by the name of Alexander who was a notorious coward. Alexander the Great called the soldier before him and he said to him, Is your name Alexander and were you named for me? And the trembling coward said, Yes, sir. My name is Alexander and I was named for you. And the great general said then either be brave or change your name. (laughs) Now I wonder sometimes if the Lord doesn't look down at us and say, if you're gonna take my name, learn what you can learn about me. Become more and more like Christ as you go along in your life. You say, well how do you do that pastor? How does a person become like Christ? The only way you can become like Christ is to know him. And how do you know him? He is revealed in this book, is he not? And the the life of Christ is found in the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each of these writers looks at Christ's life from a different perspective. When you put them all together, you have a full picture of Jesus Christ and how he walked upon this earth. If you want to know Christ, and if you want to live in a Christ-like manner, You learn of him in the book, in the Bible, particularly in the Gospels. I have a friend who's a missionary who told me on one occasion that the way he kept himself fresh in his life, the way he kept the Spirit of God alive in his walk was he never went through a day without spending some time meditating on the passion of Christ, on his death, burial, and resurrection. He read the other parts of his life, but he always ended up reminding himself of the great sacrifice that was made for him on the cross so that he could become one of Christ's own. And ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to grow in Christ's likeness, we'll never do it if we don't know who he is. We won't do it if we don't know very much about him. I can't tell you everything about him in one hour every Sunday. You need to make this part of your passion that I'm going to know him and know him as he can be known in the scripture. And as you learn to know him, you will discover a transformation taking place in your own life that little by little, you will begin to notice things about him appearing in your own life, consistently Christ-like. That's what John says. And then notice consistently caring here in 1 John chapter two, and all these references are in the second chapter of 1 John. In 1 John 2.10 we read, He who loves his brother abides, there's the word again, in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. Now this is one of John's favorite themes, and we've talked about this for a little bit already. John says that one of the things you need to learn to do consistently, you need to grow in the consistency of your caring for one another. And this is everywhere in this little book. John speaks of this over and over again. Let me take you on a quick little journey, and you can just flip through the pages because they're in the order in which they appear in the text. First John 3, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Do you hear what John is saying? He's saying if you want to know that you're a Christian, here's one way you know it. You've developed a love for your brothers and sisters in the faith. Now I know some of you before you became Christians, you thought we were all weird. You didn't like us, you looked at us, and you thought we were strange. But now you're a Christian, and let me tell you, you're weird along with us. And once you become a Christian, you begin to look out and see, and God gives you a love for the brothers and sisters that you know in Christ. Notice First John three twenty three. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And then notice in chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Growing in your ability to care for one another and here's my favorite one out of all of the texts in 1st John 1st John four twenty. listen to what John writes if someone says to you I love God and I hate my brother He is a liar For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love God whom he has not seen? Whoa growing in our consistency in caring for one another consistently christ-like consistently caring now notice thirdly consistently confident notice chapter 2 and verse 14 here we have the word abide again i have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of god abides in you what does that mean it means that When you let the Word of God continue in your life, when it becomes more and more a part of your life, it creates strength in your spirit. It gives you confidence. Did you know that you can let God's Word become so prominent in your walk that you almost answer life with the Scripture? When things come along that you don't know what to do with because you are confident in the Word of God, the Word of God is your answer. The Word of God fills you with the sense of what is right and how you respond. But here's the fourth one consistently compliant. It's not just enough to know what the book says, you have to obey what the book says. Can I get a witness? Isn't that true? That's pretty weak, but it's true anyway. Whether you know it or not, it's not just enough to understand the book, you have to understand it and then apply it to your life. The idea of doing the will of God is what is mentioned in verse 17 of 1 John 2. He who does the will of God continues forever, is consistently consistent forever. Now, let me just explain something that might be a surprise to some of you. Who is our example in doing the will of God? Who is our example it is Jesus. Did you know that when Jesus came to walk on this earth, he did not do his own thing. He did not come down here and act arbitrarily. He did not come down here and say, I think I'll do that or let me do this. He came down here and according to the scripture, he voluntarily submitted himself to the will of his father. He lived his entire 30 some years on this earth as a totally submitted son to his Father in heaven. Jesus never, ever did one thing of his own will. He always did those things that pleased God. You say, well, Dr. Jeremiah, I didn't know that. Where in the world did you find that? Well, I'm glad you asked, because it's right here everywhere in the Gospel. If you turn back to the Gospel of John and the fourth chapter, you will find it. Here's what it says. Jesus said to them, verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What did Jesus say? He says, I get up every day. The thing that drives me, the thing that keeps me going is simply to do the will of the one who sent me. Who is that? The Father. Notice chapter five in the Gospel of John, verse 30. Jesus says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. How did Jesus walk on this earth? Every day, in every way, wherever he was, whatever he did, it was always submitted first to the will of the Father, and Jesus did it. You know why he did that? Because that's how we're supposed to live, and he is our example in that regard. Notice chapter 6 of John and verse 38 For I have come down from heaven, Jesus said, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now let me ask you something, class. Where do you find the will of God in your life? You find it in the book, don't you? You find it in the scripture. The will of God isn't dispatched to you by some mysterious way from heaven. You don't get it by osmosis, putting your Bible under your pillow at night. You have to study the book, and when you study the book, God reveals his will to you. Now here's the issue. Are you willing to do it? That's the key. And Jesus always did the will of His Father. That's why God blessed Him and used Him on this earth as our Redeemer. He was the perfect Son of God, always in consistent compliance with the will of His Father. And then notice the last one, the last mark of consistency, and it's my favorite one. It's so good, I'm going to ask you to say it with me in a moment. Not only consistently Christ-like and consistently caring and consistently confident and consistently compliant, but here's my favorite one. Consistently consistent. How about that one? Let's say that out loud. Consistently consistent. How can we be consistently consistent? Notice what it says in verse 24 of the second chapter of First John. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning, In what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. Notice in that verse, the word abide appears three times. Now I'm going to read it again and change the word to the word continue, and then you will understand what we're talking about. Therefore, said John, let that continue in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning continues in you, You also will continue in the Son and in the Father. Here's what John is saying. You heard the word at the beginning when you were saved. Is that word continuing in you today? Does it continue to hold court in your life? And if you continue to continue in what you learned from the beginning, the Bible says you abide in the Son. You continue in the Son and in the Father. Now, let's face it, most of us started out to serve the Lord, started out to love the Lord. And if we're honest, some of us took little detours along the way. Can I get a witness? We've been there, haven't we? We didn't just continue all the way. But you see, continuing is not necessarily the absence of a little detour. Continuing is after the detour's over, getting back on the road and going on. That's what he's talking about. Amen. Isn't that the truth? You know, consistency is never ever leaving the hard road. Consistency is, when we leave it, getting back on. And the devil wants to come along and say, well, you're off the road, it's over. No, it's not. Um, Someone once told me that the Christian life was falling down and getting up, falling down and getting up, all the way to heaven. And uh, that's true. Nobody gets there without challenges. Nobody walks a perfect straight line from salvation to coronation. No, we're human. But consistency means we know where we're supposed to be, and when we stray, we come right back. If you don't let those absences be very long, you will never lose your way. Stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Hey, friends, it's Friday. I often take a moment on Friday to encourage you to be consistent in your church attendance. Now, some of you have stayed away because of COVID-19, and you're still hanging in there wondering when it's going to be safe. I want to tell you, it's time to go back to church. Uh, We're not talking about COVID-19 in our church anymore. We're talking about the future. We're looking forward to all the things. And will we have some? Yes. But um, we deal with it when it comes, and we keep going. The devil wants to keep God's people from church. God wants God's people in church. So be bold and strong and take your place. Tell your pastor you're back and be consistent in your church attendance. We'll see you on television over
1: the weekend right back here on Monday. Have a great one. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, please visit our website, where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, and start living with a greater certainty in these uncertain times. The book is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries, access our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue living with confidence in a chaotic world on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Dear
0: friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the Ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. After decades of study, the respected Bible teacher Warren Wiersbe said, I know far less about Bible prophecy than I used to." And he didn't mean that he doubted what he had once held to be true. He meant that the longer he walked with God, the more he realized how much more there was to discover. Sometimes Christians are hesitant to say, I don't know, when it comes to Bible doctrine. But we shouldn't be. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, there are secret things that belong only to God. We can ask Him for answers, but until we discover them, I don't know, is just fine. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover what God has revealed on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.